For a long time, we were not very transparent. It's tough to lead your life in the public eye when it seems like it's nothing but a string of tragic turns. When Caitlin Little was hit on the head on October 12th of 2017, she soon developed a form of amnesia in which she lost her long-term memory. At first, she had trouble remembering what happened just a few minutes ago, though over the course of six months, she improved to the point where she could remember the day as she lived it. But her brain seemed to reset overnight, and the previous day was gone when she woke up. But as her parents saw it, at least there was some improvement. To be honest, it never occurred to me that her memory could go backwards. Nearly two years in, there seemed to be no answers, even though Caitlin Little's dad, Chris, laments. We know a whole lot more now than we did two years ago. I'm Fox 8's Bob Buckley, and this is Caitlin Can't Remember. Hello, hello, hey, how you doing? Good to see you again. Good to see you. Hey. Caitlin, this is Bob Buckley. How are you? He's been sharing your story, and he's probably met you kind of maybe about 15 times. As Caitlin's mother Jennifer introduces me, I get the same blank look I've gotten for nearly a year. Caitlin has no idea who I am. What focus she can muster is on the room she's in and what's about to happen there. But before that, it's important to remember how we got here. Look good, Caitlin. Nice, 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 nice. Go, go, go. Good job, guys. The last thing you told me you remember is coach saying three, two, one, go. Set, go. And you ran at full speed. And that's when it happened. I know I got hit. I don't know by what. Caitlin only knows her injury as a story. One she hears each morning as she wakes up. You got hit in the head doing cross-country practice. And you've been out of things for a while. And then reads about in her journal. Your journal will explain a little bit over there. Although Caitlin can't remember what happened to her. Like I saw what happened. I was there on the day. Her friends and teammates, like Kristen Hogan, did, can't yeah. forget it. We we were up on the soccer field doing 400s, and um, another girl and a guy were messing around a little bit, and he pushed her, and she tripped, I guess, on a hole. And when she fell, I moved out of the way, and she ended up hitting Caitlin right in the temple on the side. This was something... From what I understand the way it occurred, it wasn't something that, you know, was premeditated, pre-planned. It was just an accident that happened. I saw her immediately afterwards. She looked terrible. That's another teammate, senior Will Earnhardt. But he has no depth of knowledge to know what happened to Caitlin. One of their teachers, Chris Cook, does, though. When it happened, I was very, very afraid for her because I was afraid because there was no solution coming. I mean, it wasn't a quick solution. You were expecting if it's a concussion, a week, two weeks, three weeks, that's what we've been used to. I was a coach, you know, I coached football. I saw kids with concussions. I saw what happened to them and I saw how they recovered. But with her, there was no recovery coming. Okay, here we go. And that brings us back to that room in Cheryl Dalton's home. Have you ever seen a case like this? No, I've worked with a lot of head injuries. Um, and just the, the variance in which Caitlin has gone through since I've started working with her has been extreme. Um, yeah. Dalton is tall and slim with short hair that's beginning to gray. She is a licensed therapist. She does structural integration, a therapy often referred to as rolfing. Ida Rolf was an only child born in the Bronx, New York in 1896. 
After graduating from the exclusive Barnard College, Rolf became one of the few women working in biochemistry in the early 1900s and had a special interest in holistic medicine, which led her to develop the manual therapy, which is designed to get someone's body into alignment relative to gravity. For some, it's a bit too new age, but Jennifer Little has seen what it can do. It is the only thing we've seen show results. So what we're doing, Caitlin, is the suture lines in your head. We're just working to ease them up some. Cheryl Dalton has been doing structural therapy for years and has treated Caitlin dozens of times. And though Caitlin has normal memory for things that happened before her accident, right now her memory lasts only about a minute. So her parents put up big signs on the walls and ceiling of Cheryl's clinic. Every line of sight that Caitlin has while she's on the table being treated. Signs written by hand with a sharpie that read, Caitlin, Cheryl Dalton is doing healing touch to your body. Mom or dad are here every minute. And then they added a smiley face to the bottom of it. They don't call this treatment by its proper name, structural integration. We use the word healing touch because that's in Caitlin's long-term memory. She doesn't know the other two phrases, so that's why we have to use that. Cheryl is a stranger to her every day. That space is unknown, yet she lies down on the table, and somehow she's at peace with Cheryl touching her and, and knows that she is there to give her relief. Mm-hmm. Caitlin's knowledge of anatomy and how the body works allows... Cheryl's therapy to work even better because Caitlin can give her the feedback that most teenagers probably wouldn't be able to give her with a one-minute memory. So where do you feel that changing inside your cranium? Cheryl uses her athletic hands to cradle Caitlin's head, slowly and methodically manipulating the plates in Caitlin's skull. You couldn't even turn your head. Like I couldn't move your head at all when I first met you. So this kind of movement is... Miraculous. I asked Cheryl what she's doing. It's a lot about the connective tissue and the bones of the body and aligning them. We look at the system from head to toe. Other times, she works on her spine. Now, this isn't exactly chiropractic, but it looks like something of a cousin to it. Sort of a blend of chiropractic and therapeutic massage. My role in it is to open things up so that all of that can work better. But the idea is that kind of freedom will then allow the blood flow and the oxygen to get to the area and nerve conduction to be able to go where it should go. So this is not a miracle within itself and it's not like there's no way that this would do it by itself. But I want to open the gateway so that the brain can get the oxygen and the nutrients that it needs. As she lays on the table with Cheryl doing her subtle but definitive adjusting to her head and neck, Caitlin has an intensity of concentration in her eyes and over her entire demeanor that I've never seen in her. That has to count for something. But I mentioned to Cheryl that... I worry she's never really going to get better. I've got no way of knowing. Um, I do know that some of what... Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
what we're doing here is her best shot. All the treatment that Chris and Jennifer had gotten for Caitlin leading up to now, all that traditional, standard Western medicine, Caitlin's body reacted very poorly to that. The spine really stiffened up and she lost a lot of her flexibility, which has created a lot of pain. Um, we are struggling with her brain getting fatigued and struggling to run all the different organ systems. So now it's not just a memory issue, it's, okay, we've got a lot of other things we're having to watch and keep notes on. But the memory's recessed significantly. Memory is only 60 seconds. It's been that way since we returned from Texas. So we traded mobility for memory. It's that series of bad options, having to trade neck mobility and a relief from pain for memory. That is what leads to heartache for Caitlin's parents. Uh, to be honest, it never occurred to me that her memory could go backwards. You know, it was a, a very long, slow climb to get to an hour, and then it took a while to get to three hours. And then eventually we got to the point where um, she roughly had memory for one waking day. I thought that we would, uh, that her memory would improve, we would find new techniques, new treatments, and then it would plateau and then it would keep improving. I never thought that it would go back to the beginning. That was really stunning. They post about that occasionally on Facebook, and for those following along from afar, some of the posts can seem alarming. This one, for example, that Jennifer posted in September says, Her physical body has changed so much and left her in chronic pain that people ask if she's been hit by a car. And because she smiles and gives hugs, people believe she is healing. That is so far from the truth. Healing for Caitlin on any given day, the post continues, is taking her pain level from a deadly 10 to an 8.5, and we celebrate that improvement. Healing is walking across the kitchen, and she recalls why she's there 15 seconds later. I asked Jennifer about that and similar posts when we sit down in their home to talk again recently. For a long time, we were not very transparent. We kept putting the happy smile on everything because we didn't want people to worry. We believed in the positive energy. And then we realized we were keeping it all to ourselves, and it was making it much harder. So the posts are more real. There's still a lot more I could write, but I share enough so people can pray and support appropriately. And they are from everywhere, including towns like Monmouth, Illinois. And the pre-love questions. In just a few hours, Riley Horner won't remember this moment. I'm very confused and I like try to think back and I can't. Every two hours, her memory resets. This is a TV news story from there about a girl who's Caitlin's age and is dealing with a frighteningly similar situation. When she wakes up in the morning, she thinks it's June 11th. That's the day Riley was accidentally kicked in the head. And after dozens of seizures and countless hospital visits, the Horners still don't know why Riley can't remember anything. Before Riley's accident, her mother, Sarah, was following Caitlin's situation as our sister station in her area ran our stories on Caitlin. The mother, at least, in all her going to practices and sports and things, had been watching 
our episodes. I think she did listen to the podcast. She's like, I was just so moved and just so inspired. And she said, and then all of a sudden, here I am, June 11th, smacked with the exact same situation. She said, it prepared me, but at the same time, I couldn't believe it was possible. She's like, I'd heard your story, but didn't know that that could, it, it was very real right. after she looked at her own daughter. The things you hear Riley and her mother say in that story from Illinois sound exactly like what Caitlin and Jennifer have told us. I'm not making memories, and I'm just really, like, scared. And they told us that she may just be like this forever, and I'm not okay with that. Like Caitlin did for a while, Riley Horner is still going to school, even though she doesn't retain what she's taught each day. As a mom of a highly gifted child, I mean, these girls are so similar. Caitlin and her daughter have so much in common. It's hard to say school is not as important. And she's really struggling because she wants her daughter to continue and succeed. And, and I did the same things. I did, but I hope she's hearing, you can do that later. School can be made up anytime. Caitlin is fortunate that her school, Southeast Guilford High in Greensboro, North Carolina, has bought into working with Caitlin and her family beyond what even the Littles had hoped, though they now see that graduating will look different than they thought it would two years ago. We are very blessed to have a principal that puts our daughter before anything else. He does not want her to have any anxiety over, am I still a freshman, am I two years behind? He wants her to be with her peers, and he, just like us, believes we're gonna get her memory back. We're gonna get her back in school. As Soon as she can get a couple hours behind her, we're gonna put her back in school because being with her friends is gonna help more than anything. Well, it's very therapeutic. So this is about routine. All the classes she's taking, she's still really doing the work, but they are with her current, her prior knowledge. So she can't go higher in math, we know that. Um, so she's taking all those maths that she skipped because she was so, so we're still getting our math credits and she can do it, she can feel proud of herself, she's accomplished. As Chris and Jennifer Little watch their other three children grow up and hit milestones, this high school graduation was the one they really wanted to hold on to for Caitlin. Even if she didn't get her driver's license at 16, maybe didn't get to go to prom every year, they wanted her to walk across that stage with her classmates in the spring of 2021. They just weren't sure how it could happen. I had the question for the last 23 months, but I didn't dare ask it because I was afraid of the answer. She will still, he assured me, they've already looked at the two-year plan and she will not be able to um, enroll in a university. North Carolina University because we were not able to get the foreign language. Mm -hmm. But she can go to other schools, community. But, you know, I'm not even worried about that. That's not important right now. It just, it's very hard to accept that your kid might not graduate, might not get that. And so to hear that just sort of gave me a little bit of peace. When you see Caitlin, she doesn't look anywhere near ready to graduate. She's lost a lot of weight and no longer has that sunny demeanor that defined her for the first 14 years of her life. There are flashes of it when she might be picking strawberries that her father planted at their house, or maybe when she's on their back deck. There's a kitten under your chair. Sitting with her older sister, Sarah. This is Goober. He's yours. We got him in December, so he's not quite a year yet. Sarah introduces Caitlin to her own cat, and a few minutes later has to do it again. Well, his name is Goober. One who, one who goobs. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it means. 
But that spark of personality tends to fade away every time Caitlin looks in the mirror. She doesn't understand why her body looks different. She's lost almost 20 pounds, and she's, she's like, who is, every day, who is this? What happened to me? I miss, if, if nothing else, if we can't regain the memory, give her the joy of life back. Let her, let her at least enjoy the, each day that she has. And, and I, I hope that turns around for her soon. It's a battle that Jennifer and Chris have to fight each day as they try to keep Caitlin's life as normal as it can be. For example, they took her to see her old teammates run a cross-country meet, took her to the Hagen Stone Park on the south end of Greensboro, where she ran one of her last races. We're turning into Hagen Stone, and Caitlin's like, oh my gosh, I just ran my race here two days ago. Oh. I sort of turned my head, dropped a few tears. I was like, yeah, that worked out really well. Coach Jennifer's going to walk with you today since you don't feel so well. And um, it did not go well. She really shut down because you know, teenage boys change a lot in two years. And she said, Mom, nobody looks right. They don't sound right. I want to go home. This isn't, this isn't right. What happened? And so we had to talk the whole way home. Meantime, their search for anything that can help Caitlin has become their unending obsession. In the process of trying to find somebody who has actual experience, some doctor's group that has actual experience with an injury of this type, I've spent endless hours on the University of YouTube, watching clip after clip and TED Talks and whatnot on the brain, different types of therapy, different types of techniques. I came across um, a video of um, Dr. Daniel Amen doing a 10-minute TED Talk, talking about brain, brain scans, and he is a um, neuropsychologist. And in the TED Talk, he pointed out that at the Amman Clinic, they've done about 150,000 brain scans. And I think in 2004, 2005, he did work with the NFL with players who uh, complained about symptoms, memory loss, uh, motor skill problems, uh, mood problems. And the best neurologist that the NFL could afford did MRIs these people and said there's nothing wrong. Obviously, there is something wrong, even if there's no structural damage to Caitlin's brain to indicate it. Daniel Lehman has some experience with that, working as a consultant to the NFL on their concussion issues. And he found that most of these players, I believe it was about 90%, showed classic traumatic brain injury, and in many cases, repeated brain injuries, which helped explain their symptoms. This made the point that you can't talk someone out of a TBI. So not only was he able to show the damage through his course of treatment, he was able to improve the lives of the players and then a year later do another scan showing actual physical improvement of the brain. So I found that to be very persuasive. And although it's just coincidence, the Amen Clinic in Atlanta seems appropriately named. Daniel Amen grew up in California, but got his medical degree from Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He did his training in psychiatry at Walter Reed Army Medical Center in D.C. and is board certified in both psychiatry and neurology. The Washington Post ran a story on him in 2012 that said, Daniel Amen is the most popular psychiatrist in America. To most researchers and scientists, the article went on to say, that's a very bad thing. Amen is certainly out of the mainstream, and that's exactly what the Littles were looking for since they felt the mainstream had failed them miserably. 
the Amen Clinic is their Hail Mary prayer. This is not a typical case of mild EBI, right? So she's having a pretty, whatever the injury is, it's a persistent neurological issue. That's Dr. Munir Ali, the physician at the Amen Clinic who first saw Caitlin. He's trained both in psychiatry and as an osteopath. And you are one of the more rare presentations we've ever seen. He's going over the data from what's called a SPECT scan. That's an acronym for Single Photon Emission Computed Tomography. It's a nuclear medicine tomography that provides a true 3D image that can tell what different regions of the brain are doing and not doing with a high degree of accuracy. Blue is set to 50% activity, the red set to 85%, the white is set to 95%. You notice it's mostly blue, red, and white. Dr. Ali agrees that Caitlin's case is far beyond typical. You know, do I have an exact answer for why her injury resulted in anterior grade amnesia and it's so severe? No. I just see that I see signs of mild change in the scan. But like I said, she's not somebody that had repeated injuries or multiple car accidents or contact sports. From the clinic standpoint, treatment is just beginning. We have a snapshot of her now, right? And so looking back at the history, we're going to have to kind of figure out how much of this is likely just what's happened because of her injury versus where she was before at baseline. So it's it's a good start. Uh, I'm glad you guys came, but it's sort of like there's still a little bit more of a workup to be done. And he's confident that if anyone can help, his clinic came. So, you know, I'm going to put you in the hands of the best guy we got. The Littles returned from Atlanta optimistic, but a bit jaded that it's taken two years to find anything remotely helpful. And what they have found is destroying the family's finances. Everything we're describing to you, none of it is covered under insurance. Everything is out of our pocket. And, you know, even the blood work, we got the wonderful call last week. Oh, if you'd like us to process your blood work, give us $1,300 up front. So, I mean, we're constantly having to stay on our toes to be ready for whatever's coming next. They can't even get government help from the Social Security Administration. They turned my child down for disability. I don't know who would be defined as more disabled. That means the few things they see working, like Cheryl Dalton's structural integration therapy, they can only do from time to time. We need some help with the GoFundMe. Um, Cheryl is working with Caitlin four to five times a week and has since February. So if you want to do some math on that one, um, we owe her a lot. And she has been very gracious to allow us build up this debt. And we've paid her as much as we can each week. But um, we, we do need help if people continue to ask, how can I help? And I know it's not fun to just send money. It's not. It doesn't feel like you're doing much. But every time someone donates, that allows her to have another hour on that table getting relief and feeling better. So where are we going from here? Do we know? I mean, do we only let ourselves think one week ahead? <laughs> we only think a few hours ahead. <laughs> that would be the probably the biggest thing this mother had to let go of is I'm a planner, very very much had my calendar set and the calendar doesn't exist. I will tell you what's happening today when everybody gets up and I see how we're doing and okay, let's plan till noon and then we'll plan the next four hours because I don't know what we can do and, and what is needed. I have a couple wishes. I want to go back to Texas. There's some work we didn't get to finish just because she was so weak. We did as much as her body could handle. Although they may be cash poor because of all the treatments, Chris and Jennifer are rich in hard-earned wisdom. Oh boy, I've given a lot of advice.
Uh, most of my advice has centered around Chris and I talking and saying, if we could do this again, what would we do differently? Whether people like it or not, traditional doctors are not educated on how to help with this type of brain injury. They just don't have it yet. I believe there's a lot out there they can learn and improve. So your, origin, um, your search is not going to lead you down a good path if you just go, and she is, she's doing the same thing we did, MRI, CT, EEG, and she said, everything's normal. Yes, it will be. It will always come back normal. 50% right. of coma patients have a normal MRI. Right. It's not the right test. We know a whole lot more now than we did two years ago, so we won't have to uh, go down so many blind alleys. Two years of prayers that have returned more heartache than hope. Two years of Caitlin's biological clock ticking and knowing there is a deadline looming after which true healing may not be able to come. I think October 12, 2019 will be a very hard day um, to realize we're at two years and we've actually gone backwards instead of forward in those two years is, is hard to accept. We know we're running out of time. You can't keep going like this and the brain be okay. We have to find some answers to start turning it around. You have to decide where you spend your energy. Right. Definitely we could use our time going, oh my gosh, this child may need to live with us forever. What are we gonna do? And we tiptoe around those topics. But if we only have a limited amount of time to talk and a limited amount of time to research, we're using it to try to find answers instead of the other way. A never-ending fight to find something that will help Caitlin heal. Something that will get her to the point where Caitlin can remember. As always, we ask that if you haven't yet, please give this podcast a five-star rating and leave a comment. Both of those things really help get the word out, and that, in the end, is what helps Caitlin. Caitlin Can't Remember is reported and written by me, your host, Fox 8's Bob Buckley. Chris Weaver is our editor and producer. Our executive producer is Kevin Daniels. Thank you.